Hello, everybody. Welcome back to 101. I'm so happy you could stop by and check out this episode. By the way, the episode you are about to listen to is brought to you by Holy Moly, it is all done. I specifically did not say holy cow because my guest today is Nicole Green. Now, you're probably thinking to yourself, wait, hold on. Eddie Green, Nicole Green, is that just a coincidence? No, it is not a coincidence. She is my sister. We do uh, share the same faja, faja. Um, and uh, I wanted to get her on because she is a, a she has been a diehard advocate for veganism, or as uh, we discover in the podcast, plant based diets uh, for twenty years now. And I wanted to get her on and uh, we talk about that, but we talk about so much more as well. This is sort of a nice little reconnecting kind of thing. Um, Haven't talked to her in a while. So having said all of that, guys, really, really excited for you to hear this episode. Get ready. Get set. It is Nicole Green. everybody and we are off and running and this is a this is an exciting one because i am going to be getting my sister on the other end of the line this is going to be the first family member on the podcast so i'm really excited a little nervous you know just uh yeah a little little nerve-wracking but anyways let's get her on the line and uh see where this goes shall we hello my sister from another mister. Actually, no, the same mister, actually. The same exact mister. <laughs> it is. It's from the same mister. <laughs> yes, it's from a uh from a from 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 a different I don't know what the word is, Mother? but n- n- yeah. Mista? No. No. Sister no. from the same Sister from Father. the same it's so weird. I actually pre-planned yeah, this as yeah, well. Yeah. Oh well. What are you gonna do? And I butchered it. Anyways. Um Nicole Hi. Nicole, what's up? How are you? I'm so happy to talk to you. Do I sound okay? Because I put my uh, my headphones on, and yeah. okay. Yep, you sound good. Do I? Uh, okay. Do I sound good? Yeah. Okay. Sweet. So, um, I'm excited. Yeah, th- like they'll already know who you are because I do an intro. So, um, uh, okay. I wanted to get you on because I find what you do for your profession. I find it really interesting. And and when I started the podcast, I wanted to you know, really get people that I find interesting. And it just so happens that you just happen to be a family member. But I mean, even if you weren't, I would have tried to get you on here because I find the whole, the whole veganism, uh, world really fascinating. And I've actually kind of dabbled in it. I, you know, throughout my life, I've kind of, you know, flirted with the idea of converting and cause you know, I've watched a few documentaries and, Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the stuff you see, like, uh, like, well, maybe I had an influence on you in some way. You might you have. think you might have. Yeah. Like Cause here. we, d- I, I remember, you know, we have had conversations before about it. I know you have asked questions about it in the past. I have. Yes. And, um, I don't know where I want to start because, okay, well, I feel like this is the appropriate place to start just because it's, um, it's, it's a interesting story and I don't know if I've told it on the podcast. I feel like I might've just told it to, you know, some friends of mine, but the, the earliest form of my memory of knowing that this was something that you were really passionate about 
and I don't know if you know where I'm going with this because this might be sensitive. Uh -oh. This might be sensitive okay. territory, but I feel like we can talk about it. Yeah, go ahead. Um, it was at your wedding, and this is, and I've told this to a you know a couple close friends, you know, because when they ask about family and everything, and somehow mm -hmm. it just gets brought up. And this was a real dramatic turning point, and it's stuck in my head forever because you got married and. At the wedding, you had a completely vegan menu, right? You like there yes. was there, there was no meat whatsoever on that menu. Yeah, and that was back in two thousand. Okay. So it was you know I was at that point in time, I was I mean, and I still am. You know, I I was just at that point in my life, I was just this hardcore vegan person, and uh, yeah. So anyway, go ahead. But, Go on with your story. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I go to the wedding. So that's 2000. So I'm only eight years old and this is somehow burned into my brain. But the whole point of the story is this is and this is the reason why it's etched in my memory is because our father is not vegan. And yeah. <laughs> And yep. he was really, from my memory, he was really kind of upset about it. And the only, the, like, the only way that I've ever told this story is that I just instantly jumped to he somehow formed a sign that yeah. that he held up at your wedding, and and all and ever and a lot of the people at my wedding were animal rights uh, activists, people that I worked with, and I work for an animal protection organization, so. You know, it was it was kind of a an embarrassing thing to happen at my wedding. I yes, absolutely, one hundred percent. And he held this sign up, and um, you know, obviously, what happened after that, just between you and him, was 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 you know unfortunate. But I mean, l luckily, you guys have reconnected, and and I feel yeah. like, and I feel like you guys are stronger than ever. But. That's yep. my that's my earliest memory of knowing that this is something that you were super passionate about because you were really offended by that and and yeah. and it was a real troubling time and from that point on you know in the in the few times that we've been able to be in the same space like you said I feel like we have had these kind of you know just touching on the surface topic conversations about well I think because our dad continues to. I mean, I think people would get a better understanding if they knew how our dad was. He's kind of a jokester and he he likes to like, you know, kind of go after certain aspects of you. Like, you know, obviously I'm a vegan, so he'll make funny comments about that 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 are kind of disparaging. But, you know, it, it is what it is. And I understand that's how he is. And, and um, you know, I I kind of got past it and I was able to come to a place of forgiveness for him after we had that week. Cause we did have a falling out because of that. Yeah. And, and um, yeah. And, uh, that... but I, I, but I feel like he, he definitely has a little bit more of a, a respect. I mean, in his own way, I think he does. And, um, you know, he'll still joke about things, <clears throat> but, you know, I, I know he definitely has a respect for the for me and the work that I do, even though he'll make funny comments about it. Well, when OK, so back in 2000, were what was this just sort of like a hobby or were you still? No, doing it? I was actually still working where I work now. I've actually just celebrated 
in January, 20 years working for the same organization that I was working for back then. Okay. So, so this was, this was like year one kind of. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, cause I was going to try to rationalize it, that maybe it's because, you know, you turned it into a profession and that's why he might take it a little more seriously. But I mean, okay. So you just counter. Well, there were some, there were some other things that we could probably talk about off of your podcast, but anyway. Like. Yeah, like it, 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 it's really interesting though. Like it really is interesting because, you know, I feel like, um, okay. So talking about that wedding was, was, was it put out there that like, did he go in knowing there wasn't going to be any meat or, and, Uh, and then he just kind of, I mean, I thought he knew that I, I assume, I don't really remember. I mean, God, that was 20 years ago, but I, I really don't remember. I mean, I'm sure he must have known because he knew I was, he knew I was vegan. I went vegan in the early nineties, kind of before you were born. Okay. Um, so, but this was like a real statement, I guess, you know, that involved him. And he, and to this day, he still says, well, he'll say he'll eat vegetarian or vegan, but you know, he just doesn't, I don't think he would want to go to an event where he didn't have, you know, he needs to have that option to have meat. Yes. But this was a play. This is obviously a venue where he didn't have that option and he was uh, clearly upset about it. Yeah. So. It's, it's, I don't know. Like cause... one meal, it's really silly, but you know, <laughs> it's ridiculous that we had, well, I mean, it's not ridiculous, but you know, we had this awful falling out for many years because of that one. But I was, you know, I was, and I continue to be so passionate about my, you know, my lifestyle. This is my sort of like my religion for me. And, um, you know, the fact that he did that was just, you know, was, was awful yes. at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm sure he'll hear this and whatever, but anyway, <laughs> he, it's okay. We could, we made up and everything's okay now, but you know, that was just a difficult time. And I think, you know, we both had to kind of come to this point where he had to have this understanding of where, what my life, you know, this is who I am. And I had to kind of stand up for that. So, okay. How were you raised? Because he was like, he was part of the raising. So where did, where did the idea of veganism come into play? uh, So I'll tell you. So I, you know, my mom and dad got divorced when I was five. So, you know, I really didn't see him as much as, uh, you know, I live with my mom and my grandparents, you know, her, her parents. And, uh, I really didn't become aware about like my transformation didn't happen until I got into college. And I went to the small liberal arts college um, in North Jersey. And uh, I, I really kind of became, that was the start of my activism. I, you know, became aware about, about certain animal rights issues, like, you know, animals who are used for fur, animals who, who are um, used for vivisection in animal research. So these were, these were things that were very, you know, I was uh, in awe, you know, it was amazing to me to hear all these awful things that were happening behind closed doors. And, 
and I, and I, and I, when I heard about it, I was like, I have to do something about this. I have to be an advocate. I have to educate people about this, you know, injustice towards animals. You know, I mean, this is happening on a daily basis. And here we are like going about our lives and just making these choices that are killing animals. So I, you know, that, that was kind of my foray into animal activism when I was in college. At that point, my dad and I, he would just come and like give me money here and there. <clears throat> and that was kind of it. And then I kind of went on in my life and did my own thing. And in the mid nineties, um, is when I really got active and I became uh, a coordinator for the a small grassroots group in New Jersey. And, uh, you know, I, and that's really when my activism kind of took off, but it was in the kind of early nineties that I decided, you know, I need, I wanted to become a vegetarian. And then the next year I became vegan. So it was like a progression that happened for me with that. So you were, so you were always a, like, you always had that caring kind of attitude. That's really where it stems from. Like you weren't someone that just saw it and then it kind of just no, went I, in one my, year and out the other. No, I've always been very sensitive and care about animals. When we, when my mom and dad were married, they had cats and dogs and, you know, I grew up living with that. You know, I have memories of my childhood putting my uh, teddy bear in the, in the cat box because he had to go to the bathroom. You know what I mean? So I, you know, and then when I moved in with my grandparents, my grandmother would like hand feed the squirrels. So there was always this kind of, exposure to you know being compassionate and kind towards animals my mom loves cats um so it, it's just always been a part of who i am and uh as i when i was growing up i really loved tigers and i think you might remember that too when uh maybe i don't know if you remember but when you were little you came and visited me and my my mom with my our dad and, and your mom and I had this big tiger stuffed animal. Do you remember that? I think I do. I actually think <laughs> I remember this thing. So I, and I actually still have a tiger on my bed. It's so funny. But um, <laughs> I've just, I grew up loving tigers. And I made this scrapbook of tigers. And like everything in my room was all tigers and tiger stuffed animals and all this stuff. And um, so I just always have had this love for animals and, and just been in awe of their their beauty and just uh you know everything about them and then you know once i learned more about different animal uh, issues and how animals are, are exploited and all that kind of stuff um it just really piqued my interest and i knew it was something that i had to kind of explore for my my career and my life path so how does somebody get into that how does like what is the first stepping stone of someone that's like, okay, look, I, what Nicole is saying is, is exactly how I feel. I care for animals. I, you know, I've, I've flirted with this idea of transitioning my diet, but I don't exactly know how to do it. And I'm kind of speaking for myself because I honestly have no clue where the first stepping stone is. Well, obviously when I went, went vegan close to 30 years ago, it wasn't, um, as, 
close to as cool as it is now where you can go into a supermarket and you can just like pick a variety of different non-dairy um you know milks and cheese and uh you know uh, plant-based meat stuff and i mean you have so many options that are available to you now that are very authentic and taste just like just like meat, in my opinion. And um, so I think a lot of times what what people will do is they'll take a day and they'll say, you know what, I'm going to have like a meat-free Monday or something like that, or I'm going to just have meat one day a week or something like that. And, you know, just explore the different options that are available. So that's the first stepping stone. Go into your into your. When I went when I went vegan, it was difficult because I was in college and, uh, um, you know, I didn't have a lot of money, and it was a lot of macaroni and cheese, <laughs> and uh, a lot of going to the diner, eating a lot of French fries and things like that. It wasn't very healthy, so you know, really trying to. Um, to make sure that you get your your protein and obviously you can get your protein with with beans and you can go to Taco Bell and you can get some amazing you can get their veggie tacos and burritos you can you know you, now you can go to to Burger King and get their impossible whopper i mean there're just so many awesome options out there now that you can get and try so why is it that it's not completely converted? Why isn't it like, because you just said it, like it actually does taste, it looks like meat. Why is it such a hard thing to transition everybody over to that? I don't know. I mean, I think people just really have that, that just like our dad, they just want to eat meat and they're used to. It's something that's very traditionally, like a lot of things in our society people are just traditionally uh, conditioned to kind of eat meat as a part of your, that's a staple part of your, your daily life. You're getting up, eating eggs, eating bacon, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's the people who raise us that kind of instill those kind of values. My, my own family, they're meat eaters, you know, like not our, just our dad, but just, you know, like other people that raised me, my, my grandparents on my mom's side, they ate meat. So obviously it was difficult for me as a person, not, you know, living with people that cooked meat, it was hard. But once I was able to go to college and I was able to kind of be an independent person and, and uh, make my own choices in life, it became a lot easier for me to do that. And now, you know, I live in my own place and I, I cook for myself so, I mean, it can be hard for people, I understand, if you're living with your family and they're cooking. Yeah. They're cooking the meals. And it's, right? yeah, and it's also very... Um, but uh, your mom is very open to cooking because when I did stay there, she, I remember her cooking, going to the supermarket and cooking, uh, you know, vegan food for me. Oh, well, that's so, nice. Yeah. <laughs> she accommodated. She um, did accommodate me. It's... So she had no other choice, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, so it's also right. pretty, correct me if I'm wrong. It's also pretty expensive to be a vegan. 
Not really. No? I mean, no. No, not at all. There's not a big price I think that's difference? A miscon- I think that's a misconception. I think it's a total misconception, you know? And I think people, there's there are a lot of uh, options that are kind of inexpensive. It really just depends on what kind of a vegan you want to be. I mean, for me, I eat a lot of the the, pro- the processed uh, meats and stuff because I really don't like to cook. But um, you know, you can do it in a, on a reasonable budget. I mean, look look at most of the people that a lot of the people that I know that are vegans are working for nonprofits, so that's not a very large budget, you know. And we are able to to survive. And so so you, okay, so for your profession, so this is like, it went from something that you were really interested in and something that you wanted to advocate for, but then you suddenly found this being your, your nine to five, as you might call it. And what are some of the challenges that when you do this, because you go all around, not just the country, but you go around the world, correct? Like you've been around. Oh yeah, I have, I've definitely traveled, done some international. I mean, I've gone to, to Canada a couple of times. Uh, for my job, um, but I, I haven't gone elsewhere for for work. But mostly within the United States, and you know now because veganism and plant based diets have are such a, um, you know, it's really just a, such a hot topic right now that you know that even places that aren't all vegan are are offering vegan options and labeling their menus vegan. So, I mean, I've seen so many positive um, things that have happened in the, in, in our society just because, you know, over the years. Um, so that make it easier for people like me, you know, I go to the airport and there's, you know, there's options there, which is nice. A lot, a lot of airports have uh, vegan options. So, you know, it's, it's been, I can't complain about it at all. It's, it's, it's really good. So the days of complaining about it are sort of in the past, like we've really tried. You know what? I never really did complain about it. I don't really remember complaining about it because it was kind of, for me, I didn't see it as something I was missing because I didn't, I made the choice to not contribute to, to harming animals. You know, I mean, I, ethically didn't feel it was right feeling the way that I feel about animals to to eat them and to take part in their suffering so for me it's not being you know I wasn't angry about anything I would be fine if I was just you know had a salad and french fries to eat so it so it it it's really more about not necessarily the healthier option because I mean I think there's arguments no. to say that it's you know there's is... a lot of people that do that do choose that because for health reasons and they you know but I didn't do it for health reasons I did it for ethical reasons because I didn't want um you know to contribute to factory farming and the horrible cruelties that happen to animals on a daily basis in factory farms i i just could not participate in that for myself and putting food on my plate um so i i wanted to eat have a more humane more compassionate diet and just to be as compassionate and kind as i can in my life and my lifestyle are you familiar with the name? If I drop this name, are you familiar with it? Morgan Spurlock. 
No. No. He's this no. he's this documentary filmmaker. He um I think his most popular one is Supersize Me. Okay. Okay. I don't think I saw that one. And But um, I, I know I know of the movie. You know of it where he kind of explores mm-hmm. the whole fast food industry and the health effects of it. But yeah. Uh, not that long ago, he came out with a sequel to it. It's called Super Size Me 2, Holy Chicken. And it ex- like it kind of explores the perception of fast food restaurants claiming that they're healthier now. Mm-hmm. And during that documentary, he essentially opens his own... Um, like the whole goal is he wants to open his own fast food restaurant. So to get to that, he has to open his own farm you know he has to he has to do all the the steps necessary to get to that final point and it's really eye-opening like that like this is one of the biggest contributors to me really looking at the whole way animals are treated because they don't shy away in that documentary like they are like they are filling this thing with like little chicks and but like when they're born yeah they're like there was this part where they they just put them in a grinder right no, 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 no. Like they take it out oh. of like they take it out of the egg or or, or it's shortly after it, like it's come out of the egg and they just poke it with something. Mm-hmm. And I have to assume I think he says it in the documentary, but it's escaping me. But I have to assume that's them pumping something into them so that they grow faster. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wow. And then, of course, they just toss them like they're just like tossing them like 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 they're taking them off a conveyor belt and they're just poking them, toss, poke, toss. Right. Animal. Well, and that's that's the thing with with factory farming. I mean, they're and any animal that's abused and exploited for human uh, consumption or, or purposes, they're basically seen as a number. You know, they're basically seen as as um, and and basically an inanimate object, like a pencil or a chair. You know, they have no feeling. Uh, they see that as just something that has no feelings or or emotions. And they just, you know, it's horrible to see how these animals are treated, um, especially, especially like that with animals who were used in laboratories. In fact, they're, they even will tattoo numbers on their ears, you know, to, to reference them. So, I mean, it's really a sad reality in our world. And what really affected me, and I was at a, re, at a, 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 a law conference recently and I saw this presentation by this woman who um, works for a, uh, a sanctuary, a, um, a farm animal sanctuary. And she, she said that basically all of the animals who are being raised for food are babies. All of the animals that people are eating are babies because they're not, they're, they're not allowed to grow to be, you know, adults. They basically are killed before they they they're a year old. So you know, if you put that into like a to context, like you're we're eating baby animals, you know, and that is just awful to think about that. And on a mass scale, I mean, it's it's yeah, and 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 something that you brought up just there that triggered this in my head is it's I think when we think of veganism, we we really focus on the food aspect, but then of course, when you go into your local store and you go down like the, the shampoo section or the, you know, any kind of cosmetics or anything, I think a lot of us forget that. And correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if it's been completely fixed, but a lot of these things are, these are animal tested, correct? Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of these products that are tested on animals, which is just as cruel 
as as eating them. I mean, they're still alive, hopefully at the end, but it's it's something that I think escapes a lot of people, especially like, you know, I don't look for that that little seal of approval that says it's, you know, not tested on animals and Mm-hmm. And well, as a as a um, compassionate consumer, that's something that you could do. Yeah, you know, you because the money that we we um, are putting into purchasing these, we're we're giving that money to these companies, and and we have a, the power as a consumer to purchase products that aren't tested on animals, or to purchase products that you know are not. Um, there's no cruelty involved, you know? So thinking about, you know, how, what you can do as an individual, that's, that's something that you can do. Make sure that you, you look on the products that you're, you're purchasing and make sure that they're not tested, make sure that they have the leaping bunny logo. So one of the things that my organization does is um, we work with a company with an, one aspect of the organization is the leaping bunny program and we certify companies that are cruelty-free so that they um, will uh, adopt our logo and put the logo on their packaging. So if you go to leapingbunny.org, you'll see the list of the many different companies that are cruelty-free and don't have any animal testing now, affiliated with them. Now these, now these logos, these are these are not. And I wanted to see if this is part of your when you're advocating. It's mm-hmm. it's not necessarily as you're looking on the shelf, it instantly jumps out at you. It's almost something that you have to go looking for. Do you yeah. do you advocate like? I think it would be awesome if you know maybe on the like like a sticker hanging in front of it or something like the like like the section of the shelf that is 100% animal cruelty free. So and that, I've been seeing that more and more. Like I went to CBS a month or two ago before the, the whole quarantine and there was a whole um, display that said 100% had cruelty free, had the, you know, the certified cruelty free uh, logo on there. So there are that is starting to happen more and more. I'm seeing it in, in supermarkets, not just supermarkets, but in like Target. You know, there are a lot of companies like Method. And this is Myers that are now cruelty free, that are that have been cruelty free, you know, and are are good companies to to be purchasing from. So it's just a matter of being informed and looking to see what those products are, because you know we have a lot of power, as I said, as consumers. Yeah, so. absolutely, and it's you know it's something. It's a great way to make a difference, and then if you really care, if you really like one company that is testing on animals. You can always write them or email them and let them know, hey, you know, why aren't you, why are you testing on that? I, you know, I, I know you don't have this logo. Why, you know, maybe you could become cruelty free. What maybe, you know, think about becoming cruelty free. I won't per or say I won't purchase your product until you become cruelty free, something like that. I mean, you as a consumer really have a powerful voice. So there's a lot people can do to really make a difference that way. Very true. And it's mm-hmm. it, 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 it's kind of addicting because I'm going to compare this to something that I've recently become really kind of passionate about and only because I went down a rabbit hole of it. It was okay. I had um, the father of the leader of Scientology on the podcast. Yeah. And I was sort of iffy on the on the topic beforehand. But mm-hmm. I've done so much research into it, or I feel like I've done. I've I, I've listened to countless interviews, and 
And then just having him the way you are right now, literally on the other end of the line, talking one-on-one, by the end of that episode, I was I was like, okay, this is something that I'm going to do as much as I have, and I don't know how far my reach is, but I'm going to try to get it out there as much as possible because it's something that hearing the stories just really hit home for me. And it was specifically the disconnection policy, which if you're familiar with Scientology, it's once you leave the church, you have to disconnect mm-hmm. from from everybody. So if your whole right, family even your families, I've seen some of the um, TLC shows about it. There's that that Leah Remini, yes. right? Yep, yep. I've I, seen those. I um, so yeah, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. It's yeah, it's it's so we were talking, and obviously, sort of like the poster child for Scientology is is Cruz, Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, Ron was telling me that, you know, it's not 100% verified, so, you know, you have to take this with a grain of salt, but if it's true and Tom Cruise has to abide by these rules, the second he divorced Katie Holmes, he had to disconnect from not only her, which that's okay. They, but the daughter. The daughter. And, yeah. and, and Ron told me that he believes Tom Cruise has not seen his daughter in seven, eight, nine years. Wow. And something about that just really hit me. And I yeah. was like, I didn't think of it that way because yeah, he is Tom Cruise, but he's not the most powerful person of that church. It's David Miscavige, the leader. So he has to mm-hmm. kind of, I would imagine, still abide by these, you know, these rules. And he has not seen his daughter in years. And yeah. Scientology is more important to him than that. And so I don't know, just I got addicted to it. And so the whole point of me saying this is that it's fun and it's it, it's if it's ethical, obviously, it's fun to get addicted to these things because then you can actually like, I don't know, like I feel like I have more purpose. You know what I mean? Like I feel like, all right, now I'm now I'm doing this and I'm and I have a I have a meaning. And I imagine that's what you've been feeling for 20 years, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's fun. Well, I mean, it's always it's always exciting to explore things and and not just make assumptions about things. You know, like the whole thing with Tom Cruise, I would always look and see if uh, you know, see if there's any evidence. There might be, you know, photographs and of him and the daughter. You never know. I mean, I would always want to make sure that, you know, the information that you get from one source, like not just him, but for me too. Right. I mean, you're going to look into like, what, what is the opposition saying? Because you want to kind of see what's happening, you know, all different perspectives, right. On the, on the topic. So, uh, you know, I think it's worth it to, to explore and, and, you know, maybe Tom Cruise does have a relationship with the daughter and, you know, you know, you just don't know that until you kind of look delve a little little more and that's one thing that i i do i did too when i started out like you i you're starting you're doing your podcast which i think is awesome um but you know one of the things that really intrigued me growing up was kind of learning about people and and um getting inside their minds and kind of finding different you know all these different things out about and about them and interviewing people and um I had my own radio show 20 years ago and, uh, what? you know, so I did, I did not I know my this own radio show. Yeah. What was it called? I did. It was called speak out for animals. And it was, um, it was, uh, a Rowan university show radio show. But what was kind of cool about it is that it, it 
kind of took off and there was an article written about me in the Philadelphia Inquirer and, and people were kind of, and it was, people were kind of mad about it because, you know, there are a lot of people there that in the world that, you know, support animal abuse and, and different things. So they weren't happy to see an animal rights activist have their own radio show. But, but I, I definitely like getting understanding people. And, and I think that that's why I am where I am today, because I really like to connect with people and talk to people. And, um, you know, I, and it's, it's not hard for me to talk to someone who, who doesn't believe in what I believe. I, in fact, I welcome those kind of um, discussions with people because I think that's the only way that you can really make a difference in people's lives is by, is to talk to people that you don't, you disagree with. So yeah. I don't know what my point was, there, <laughs> but I, I completely love what you're doing. And I think, you have always you have always had a voice and a vision for what you wanted. I remember when you were little and you always loved movies. You were just like so um, passionate about it. You was just so tuned in to movies. So it just makes a lot of sense that you're doing what you're doing now and you're, you know, moving on with your, your podcast. So kudos. Yeah, it's uh, and it's funny because it started out as a movie podcast, but I kind of got, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, I, I wanted to talk about other things too. You know, I found like I, and I owe a lot of that. Well, now to... it's like a perfect time to do it, right? Because you're quarantined. Oh yeah, I've been. <laughs> that's something that uh, I was actually just talking to another guest last night. Uh, he's out in L.A., and I was talking like, you know, this is this is the, like this whole quarantine thing is really going to divide two people. So you're 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 going to have the people that prior to it they were already doing what we're doing and now they just have a an excuse and yeah. and then you're going to have the people that take this to the you know to to their advantage and really become productive with it and mm-hmm. i feel like i've fallen into that because i've been doing like so much more podcasting than i was because you know i have a day job that you know i don't have right now thankfully but you know i'm still getting mm-hmm. income from it so that's awesome but you know, I have the ability to now to just zero in and focus. And so that got me thinking, like, when this is all said and done, like, uh, I, I kind of don't want to go pro. back to my, yeah, like, I don't want to go back to my day job. Like, I want this to be <laughs> yeah. my day job. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. Like, so I, well, like, I look hopefully at, it'll take off, right? I mean, I it's, hope it takes off. yeah, it's, it's definitely gotten, you know, cause I did the Terminator thing for a while there. So that gained a following. And then when I transitioned only, a handful of people fell off from that. So it goes to show like the personality is, I guess what people stick around for. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I look and what's at- good is like, you're talking to people and you're making connections. So you never know what will happen from any of those connections. They could link you up with somebody else that, you know, might be able to get your podcast or, you know, get you someplace else to kind of get you some influencers, you know, uh, shouting you out on social media. So, I I mean, you know, it's really beneficial to be doing what you're doing and to, I mean, that's really how you um, get exposure is by, you know, kind of networking and talking to more and more people. And, you know, it's a great way for you to get experience under your belt too. For sure. And I've always, uh, of late, I've always wanted to be, like one day, just like I woke up and it hit me. I was like, I kind of want to be self-made. Like I never mm-hmm. went to college, right? Like I, I kind of stayed away from college. I think I went for mm-hmm. a day. Well, I thought you were going to be an actor. 
Me too. I thought I was. <laughs> and uh, that's something that... Uh, you still could. Yeah, but I had um, I had a friend of mine. His name's John Spordone. He's an artistic director at this local theater called the City Repertory Theater. And uh, mm-hmm. he just said the exact same thing you said. He was like, I always thought you were going to be an actor, Eddie, but what you're kind of doing is a form of acting. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm being genuine. I like, like I'm putting on sort of a personality because day to day I'm sort of more introverted, but this is sort of my escape to kind of just get everything off my chest. Mm-hmm. But I don't look at yeah. it as like a form of acting. I just like, I love Joe Rogan. I, I, I love Howard Stern. I love all those popular ones. Like even going back to Orson Welles, you know, when he was mm-hmm. doing those radio plays and everything, just, I love the idea of a microphone in front of me and mm-hmm. my voice just just reaching out to people but yeah well you have a good voice for it i think thank you thank you and yeah. it's uh yeah i, I just been ha- you seem naturally seem down to earth i listened i listened to part of that that podcast with with ron uh with with ron yeah yeah so. that one uh, that one took off plus i uh, posted it in like a lot of facebook groups that are like anti-scientology so uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people took that one and ran with it, which is good because, you know, I actually tried, I messaged him the other day and I was like, hey, I know you're in contact with Leah Remini. Can you get me in contact with her? And mm-hmm. he uh, came back. He was like, I think she's filming something right now. So give me, you know, a month or two and and uh, I can see if I can make that happen. So, I mean, what you said is definitely mm. true, but that just applies to anything, not just not just a podcast. You know, if you yeah. if you meet the right people. It's always worth it to, to any to any person that you crosses your path. You never know who that person is. Yeah. And never pass judgment on anybody that crosses your path because you because you just never know. Well, I mean, you have to be a little bit you know, cautious, <laughs> but you just like if you're on a flight or something. Sometimes people don't want to talk to people, but I love to talk to people. And I think, you know, our father is a good example of that. And he, uh, he'll talk to, he'll talk to anybody. He definitely will. But I it's mean, alarming, it's a, but it's a lesson to learn from him, you know, because he definitely gets that, um, rapport going with people, maybe a little bit too much. He talks to people, but you know, I think it's a good skill to have to, to be able to, to be able to do that. Well, he, well, he kind of uses comedy to his advantage. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't feel like I'm as funny as him, so I don't know if I could actually use but that. But he's not just funny; he just he wants to get to know people. You know, he he's just straight up and honest, and I think you have a lot of that. And you maybe you don't see it, but I I definitely see that you have that. I. I know for a fact because I was looking at uh, back when we could do or back when I could do in-person uh, guests, I was, mm-hmm. you know, always trying to make sure that, okay, at the end of it, take a photo with them. That way I can share it. And it's sort of like a nice, you know, that's like a nice way to remember who has been on the podcast. So I was mm-hmm. going through those the other day, just kind of just, you know, flipping, flipping, scrolling, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I came across one where I didn't have my glasses on because I wear prescription glasses, but I took them off for this one for some reason. And mm-hmm. I had a beard at the point and, and I just was like, wow, holy crap. I like, I now know why people tell me I definitely have more of him than, than her, because mm-hmm. I don't see anything. Like it's definitely 100%. Like it's a spinning image. It's like, it's kind of scary. Yeah. But, um, I mean, especially if you see pictures of him when he was your age, right? Like the hippie shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, 
No, just how skinny and tall, you know, you're just both that same look. Yeah, but I mean, I kind of I kind of see him in you as well, but you have more of your mom, correct? Well, I mean, I think I have more of him, but really? Mhm. Huh. I mean, I think I see there's some of her like a little bit. Yeah, because like when he would show me photos of her, like I would be like, okay, yeah, that's definitely, yeah, that's definitely Nicole's mom. Like that's, yeah, I see it. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's very strange. But to go back to your point before we go off on these, these familial uh, side tangents, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's something that I love that you said where you don't shut people out that aren't vegan. Like I think that's no, I think that's something Never. that people would imagine someone as heavy into it as you would do. Like oh. You don't believe in that? Okay, get out of here. Like, I don't want and anything there may, to do with there, you. But the thing is, there may have been a time in my life when I first started out where I was, like, kind of angry and I did shut those people out, you know, or I'd make, like, my mom feel bad about eating, go, you know, eating meat in front of me. You know, I was just so passionate and I just was so angry at every, at what was happening that I would get mad. But, you know, I've kind of grown and, and evolved as I've become, you know, an, a human educator throughout my life. And I just, you know, it, I find it so fascinating um, to talk to people that are on the other side and doing what they're doing. Because, you know, uh, a lot of times they also have the care about animals and don't, you know, even though they may be doing something that's exploitive or whatever, they, you know, they see it and, um, they'll, they'll be willing to have a good conversation about it. So it's, 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 uh, rewarding for me. Is it safe to say that you were never a fan of fear factor? I was never a fan of fear factor. And it's so <laughs> funny because uh, my son, Akian, really likes watching um, the Muppets. And there's this one part in the Muppets where it's a, it's a Muppets Christmas epi- episode. It's not it's not the show. It's like one of the movies. And do you, I don't know if you know, there's one character, Rizzo the Rat. And he goes back in time. He goes back to a time when Kermit didn't exist. And Rizzo the Rat is on Fear Factor. And he's playing a rat. Um, that you know that's in a cage with this other with this woman and she they they have to she has to eat the rat and it was just this little spoof on that and they're both screaming and anyway i just never liked it obviously that's in a that's in that (laughs) wait hold on that's in a muppet movie yes what yeah that's some dark shit muppets muppets christmas well the muppets is amazing have you i mean have you watched some of the muppets i don't think i was i know maybe growing up but i don't think it ever stuck oh man i love it so much i love all the muppet movies and all the muppet shows i grew up kind of on the muppets wow so that's that well i mean that's just like when you go back to old but they do they put in pop culture references in a lot of the movies so i guess during that time it was a fear factor uh, era. You know, it was big yeah yeah it's it's really bizarre to go back to like old cartoons like if you go back into the early days of spongebob man they they really kind of you know flirt heavily with that whole you know adult innuendo stuff and uh it's crazy the stuff that gets past you know like like that 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 
actually got approved to put in a yeah. in a Muppet movie. We're gonna parody Fear Factor, and the whole thing is this this character is jokingly about to be eaten. That's that's dark. Yeah, Jesus. yeah, it really was dark. Yeah, see, <laughs> I mean, Family Guy. I'm like shocked by some of that stuff. Yeah, it's it's. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking to um, my friend. Uh, her name's Leticia. I was talking, like, texting her last night, and uh, before this whole quarantine thing, we had recently hung out, and I wanted to show her because um, I'm a fan of Louis C.K. He's a mm-hmm. stand-up comedian. Yeah. And I was like, and and so is she. And I was like, have you ever seen his SNL monologue? And she was like, no. And I so I pulled it up. And I think it's still to this day, I think it's the most edgy. I think it's one of the best, if not the best SNL monologues because of how edgy it is. And Hmm. her and I were, her and I were talking last night and I was like, I have to imagine that he kind of didn't tell NBC everything he was going to talk about because there is no way that they were going to sign off on that. And I'm just going to. I'm just going to give you like the the Cliff Notes version of what he talks about in that. And okay. he talks about like there's a part where he kind of talks about child molesters. Oh and God. yeah. And OK, so OK, OK. All right. All right. We're getting into some edgy shit here. But then he's like he compares it to eating a Snickers and and saying that I can only surmise that. And then he takes a pause and he laughs to himself. So this is what makes me think he did not know that or that he didn't give NBC the the warning. He says, I can only surmise that they must taste really good for these child molesters to keep going back. And I, and everybody in the audience, everybody, you just hear this giant like, oh, my God, <laughs> I cannot believe you just said that. And then he follows it up with. And this is probably the last time I'm ever going to host. Oh, and man. They aired it and you can go on the YouTube page and you can find it and it's it's crazy, but it's just I have to imagine wow. that there's no way. Well you... it's live. I mean they can't they can't really censor it. Yeah. That, right? Well, I mean that I think there's a little bit of a delay. So they can like if someone accidentally says fuck or something, they can yeah. they can bleep it out, but that was wow. just so like that got me thinking because we were talking about I can't imagine how stuff gets approved that I cannot imagine. He was actually like, hey, look, I'm going to talk about this and I'm going to compare it to a Snickers. And and, yeah. and and so it's crazy. But wow. Yeah, it's it's wicked shit. But uh, that is wicked. Um, I don't think I, was, I saw that one. Yeah, that was uh, that was the finale of the 40th season. OK, so it was kind of like monumental kind of thing so okay yeah i don't really watch that religiously so yeah yeah it's uh because sometimes it's really bad it's really yeah it's really bad they just did uh they just did an at-home version of it and i uh, saw that you saw that one see that yeah where uh, you think where tom hanks hosted and i liked it because he was like you know it's this is this is going to be the same snl there's going to be some funny there's going to be a lot of bad yeah yeah (laughs) yep and, uh, and there was, and he was right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely true. Um, that showed, yeah, I mean, that just goes to prove, you know, it was admirable what they tried to do, but that show, that particular one shows that that show, you know, you need the live audience, you need it to be in studio. Like, a lot of those things were oh, kind of yeah. cringy. They were. But. Because uh, they didn't have the hair and makeup, too. No, So, yeah. like, the, the Ginsburg thing didn't go right. 
Yeah, like I think the best thing was maybe the weekend update because that was pretty, you know. Yeah, that was. That was pretty good. I always like the weekend update. And then they got Alec Baldwin to come back as Trump. and Yeah, yeah. And that's always funny. Um, I love when he does that. Oh, dad does too. Like dad is, dad is, he'll always he be. He does? Like, you like that? A hundred percent. He finds that shit hysterical. But spe- You are kidding me. I thought he hated anybody making fun of him yes yeah no he no he loves it but specifically those those early episodes where it was him and hillary debating um he he really likes like reliving those those episodes where they did the presidential debates and everything Mm -hmm. um but yeah really really funny shit where i was going with all this with 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 asking you about fear factor was because this kind of comes around again joe rogan who is like my my hero Mm -hmm. this dude is hard he he presses hard for talking about how much he advocates you know animal hunting and 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 because he like hunts for all his meat and everything and mm-hmm. on like on his instagram he'll post pictures of you know what it looks like after it's you know ready to be eaten and everything and mm-hmm. it just it it puts me because now having talked to you this is similar to the ron miscavige episode where i knew a i knew a fair bit about it going in but just hearing you talk about it i I don't want to be a hypocrite anymore. You know what I mean? I don't want to be like, yeah, I understand where you're coming from. And then when we're done talking here, I go eat a steak. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really tricky. And it's put, well, me a... unless you could go out and hunt that cow, you know, or kill that cow. I mean, I think a lot of people, if they were asked to do something like that to, you know, to do what he does, I don't think a lot of people would do it. Like, I can't imagine you going out and hunting. No. Uh, right? Uh, I, I have... mean, I, I could never imagine myself doing that. No. Uh, uh-uh. I've literally thought about that. I've literally thought about people that get in that stance with the gun or the rifle or whatever, and they're looking at mm-hmm. the deer. And it it, it, it it doesn't make sense to me. It really doesn't. On paper, it makes zero sense how you can pull the trigger and just... I mean, watch Bambi, for God's sakes. <laughs> how could you do it? Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. <laughs> it's so true. I don't know. I don't know. And that's why I love Disney movies. They're all at, they all have a really nice animal friendly message. Yeah. <laughs> like that one's anti-hunting. Yeah, yeah. And then what Finding Nemo, that's what anti-fishing? Totally. <laughs> Did you see that? And all it is. Oh, no, like I was kind of joking. And all, and, uh, well, but it is Finding Dory, the aquarium thing. Oh, wow. Oh, man, don't even get me started. I <laughs> love Finding Nemo so much. I lo- it's one of my favorites. One of your favorite Pixar's? Yep. Yeah, it's a uh, yeah, it's good stuff. I don't know, like but so like that's the stuff I'm talking about where it's like I idolize this guy, but yet I don't know how he can go out and just pull a trigger and 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 blow some animal's brains out and then eat it. It's like, dude, like man, you but you you seem like such a nice guy. Like that's the that's the contradicting thing for me. It's like you seem like such a nice guy. How can you how can you do that? Like it's one thing to get it when it's all done and and processed. It's another thing yeah. to go out there and actively do it yourself. I don't know. Well, weird. I mean, he's it's probably his his the way you know, he was brought grew up. up. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it all stems back from that yeah. kind of stuff. So, honestly, if we're if we're being optimistic, I think in the future, and I mean in the future, not like mm-hmm. a year from now, but 20, 30, 40 years from now, I think, I think there's going to be a dwindling and you would be able to speak on that more. Like you probably know the numbers, like the, like the shit is dwindling, right? 
of what the animal is being killed for meat. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know if it is. I mean, the thing is that while there are so many people that are now eating vegan, there are still billions of animals. I mean, there's so many people on the planet. There's still billions of animals that are being killed um, and processed. And, you know, sadly, when we think about what the situation that we're in right now, it really all stemmed back from an animal China where yep. um, uh, at these wet markets where animals are sold for, you know, uh, to be, to be killed for meat. And what happens is they, they're zoonotic diseases and they jump from the animal to humans and that's how they get their start. And a lot of studies have linked to that. And, um, so we really need to address that kind of situation in our world. Um, I mean, that's, that's one thing that we have to face as a world, as a world, you know, to really think about, uh, how we obtain our meat and how they're processed and how they live their lives. I mean, there's so many, um, videos and I would encourage people to, to watch them and see, you know, how these animals are treated. And, um, it's, it's, it's not pretty to see it. You know, it's, uh, it's very inhumane and, uh, it's dark. And, but this is what, you know, we are, are, this is what we're eating on a daily basis. So is it dwindling? I, I, no, it isn't. Because millions, billions of animals are still being killed, chickens especially, and fish. And um, because a lot of people are saying, oh, I'm not going to eat beef or I'm not going to eat the larger animals. So that means a lot more of the smaller animals like the fish and chicken are being killed. So, um, you know, we really have to take a a good look at ourselves and how we're contributing to that. And do we want to be a part of that? You know, do we want to be a part of how they're housed in these crowded um, farming conditions and injected with antibiotics so that, you know, um, so that they'll be healthy and that they'll grow to be these like super, super chickens and super turkeys. And, um, you know, I recommend that people see there's a really great documentary called The Last Pig. Um, I, I urge people to see that and it really kind of goes through and um, follows one farmer who was raising pigs um, to be to be used and processed for for meat for as he was, a, I think, an organic farmer or something like that. And um, and he really made a connection with the pigs. But then in the end, he ultimately decided to, you know, he wasn't going to do it anymore, but he still had to give, you know, he still had to send those pigs, some, a lot of those pigs off to be slaughtered. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of eye opening. I recommend that you see that. Is that on your listeners? Is that on Netflix or where can you find that? I don't know where you can find it. I think you can find it online. I'm not sure if it's a Netflix original, but there's another movie too that I don't know if you saw. It's called uh, Okja. 
I have not. So that's won some awards. Um, and that is about a um, company that produces these super pigs, these 10 super pigs, and they were dispersed off to um, different places in the world. And this one pig is sent to a place, I think it's in Japan or something like that, where the, the pig lives and with this family for about 10 years. And then they ultimately have to take the pig back um, to, to this, you know, to the United States where they are now going to be launched as these amazing new options to be for us to have meat, you know, as a super pig. And it's, it was just really uh, uh, eye opening to see, you know, the connection that this little girl and her family made with the pig and her efforts to kind of help that pig. And I know you have to see the movie, but it's, I recommend that you see it. Okay, J A Okja. Okja. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna check Netflix. I'm gonna see if uh, if it's on there because obviously that'll just be more incentive to uh, to you know to watch it. Because and another movie that I'm sure that I think I have asked if you saw it was called the the Game Changers, and that's a documentary. Yeah, that's that from, was executive uh, produced by James Cameron and your your Arnold uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. So. Yeah, I um I have yet to see that one. I do know I that one I'm positive is on Netflix. Uh yeah. for anyone listening. That's uh that was one that was on my radar. Um it was weird because I thought that was like a really like like I thought that thing was gonna get insane reviews, but then, you know, I mean there's always two sides of a coin. So I saw an episode mm-hmm. of not to keep bringing up his name, but Joe Rogan, he had somebody on that was conflicting that documentary he was saying Mm -hmm. that that documentary was not accurate and it's just Mm -hmm. you know it's it's like who was the person at some point somebody that's somebody that is a uh a supporter of the meat industry or well because what that's that documentary is all about how this particular diet makes them stronger well but it's from people who are um like Olympic champions or whatever. And it kind of, they met that, you know, they just basically show how they've on their plant-based diets have, you know, gotten gained the successes that they've had by adhering to a plant-based diet. And then they also do some, some, some research with, with athletes and they kind of prove that they, that they could outperform, they were outperforming over, you know, they're more, had better performance on the plant-based diet than the meat diet. So there are different aspects of that, but it was a lot of um, people that were uh, in the sports, you know, in sports in some way and, you know, were very successful and, uh, you know, by eating vegan diets. Yeah. They want to say plant-based because I, get, I think veganism is a dirty word nowadays. So now people are, are using plant-based. But, yeah. Yeah, it yeah was... I recommend seeing it. And then, you know, when you hear people who are, who are opposing things, like, look at who they are. Look at what their back, background is. Look at, you know, what, what do they work? Do they work for a company that's maybe benefiting financially from the... <laughs> you know, from the meat industry. I mean, you just have to really kind of look and see yeah. what people are 
saying, you know, who these people are. Exactly. Why they may be saying what they're saying. But you don't have to look Nicole Green up because what she stands for on paper and just in when you say it out loud, everything about it just makes sense. You know what I mean? It's it's it just makes sense. It does. Honestly, it really does. (laughs) And it's just you know, it's it's tricky to get into it because, you know, especially if you live around a family that is so, you know, ingrained with it, it's really hard to to change that that perspective. Um, I know I've definitely thrown it out there a few times and mm-hmm. uh, to see what the feedback was. And it's always this, you know, this this sort of kind of uh, you're crazy. We're not doing that. And yeah. it's uh, it's it's come stay with me for a week. I guess I have to. Well, I mean, <laughs> geez, like, ah. You won't sucks. find any meat in my freezer. Uh, well, <laughs> I actually like, what kind of milk do you drink? So right now I have some silk. I like silk. silk. Silk's there, good. And I have something else because I, I got some sort of grocery delivery. It's, it's almond milk and then whatever silk. And is it just uh, vanilla? Because I like the chocolate. The chocolate's pretty good. Oh, I don't, I don't, I get the unsweetened, but I could do whatever. Oh, okay. I mean, there's so many different kinds, so many varieties now that you can get, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You can try. It is a creamers. I would imagine it's a good time to be, to be a, a plant based person. We won't say vegan anymore. Um, it's, so it, you can say vegan. I don't care if you say vegan. I just think it's the a dirty world word. to the, yeah, a lot of people don't like to say vegan because <laughs> a lot of people don't want to really, I don't know, be associated with, with veganism. Which is weird because it's, it's, it's one word, you know, it, it, it takes more mm-hmm. effort to say plant-based. I think people have a negative association with vegan for some reason. Well, probably because it starts with a V and it's just, you know, like there's not many words that start with a V, you know what I mean? It's like plant-based. Yeah. That, that, that's more socially acceptable because, you know, P and B, like peanut butter. I don't know. Like, yeah. it, 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 but it's weird because like, honestly, even, even down to something like that, just analyzing. It's all about the labels these days, which I think, which I find a little bit uh, annoying, like, you know, like gender labels and all that kind of stuff. I don't want to offend anybody. But um, I think that that it kind of all relates. I think that's why a lot of people will say plant-based instead of vegan. Veganism is, I think, or they associate it with, um, I don't know, like a hippie type person or I don't know. Like like an old school ideology kind of thing? Like an old, yeah, like an old peace activist or something like that. Gotcha. So... 50 years, yeah, old from, 50 years from now, it won't even be plant-based anymore. It'll be, Who knows what it'll be. something else. Do you, um, I won't keep you much longer, but do you, do you, um, do you, what do you mean you won't keep me much longer? I could talk to you for hours. Oh, I, I, <laughs> that's the thing with a podcast, right? And I guess I should from, from here on out, I guess I should ask, you know, how longer, like, like how good are you? in terms of time because I am here on my couch ready to talk to you. I, for as long, well, I mean, not all night, but you know, <laughs> see, you have a time. My limit phone, let's see. Let's see. My phone is still charged pretty good. So we're, we're okay. Yeah. It's just, mm-hmm. I mean, for you, it's, it's a little different just cause you know, we are related, but for people I don't know, I always say that because I feel like I am taking up some of their time and, and I no, don't know. Wanna... I'm happy to talk to you and to talk to whoever's listening because I want to 
to encourage more people to, you know, think about, think about, you know, changing their lifestyles. Yeah. And the, the question I was going to ask is, is there a fine line between killing a, killing a cow or killing a pig and then finding a spider in your home and killing that? I don't kill uh, spiders in my home. No. no? Wow. No. That's. I catch them kudos. and I let them out. Kudos. Kudos yeah. to you. Yeah, you don't do that. I mean, I don't even touch the spiders. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll try to get somebody else to do it. I'll be yeah, like, like hey. my our dad will do that. Yeah, we'll yeah. I'll be right. like, hey, uh, there's a spider over here. Can you, uh, can you get it? I hate when he would stay here. He would do, would do that, and I'd get mad at him because he did it. He would tell me how he did it and stuff, and I didn't like that. So. Speaking of this, just because it's it, it just triggered something in my mind, I know you couldn't mm-hmm. do if you were hypothetically on Fear Factor, you couldn't do the middle stunt where you have to eat something because nine times out of ten that's what it is. But could you do the middle stunt where they have to dump shit on you, like worms and 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 snakes? No, 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 because no, I I feel bad for them. Oh, you feel bad for the snakes? Of course I do. Oh, okay. So you're okay. So you're probably even against like zoos. Oh yeah. Oh geez. Yeah. This is a whole other rabbit hole. So, um, yeah, I'm, I am, I, for, for a while though, I kind of was in support. I thought it was a good thing. I thought they kind of are helpful for conservation and I'm really not, I, I have been because of the work that I do, I've been to a, a handful of, um, animal sanctuaries and, um, so sanctuaries are that are for um, animals who are tip, typically um, retired from being used in animal research. Um, but I've also been to Big Cat Rescue, which is now, you know, a part of that huge documentary now on Netflix with the Tiger King. Oh, yeah. So I was there. And, um, you know, I really feel like with zoos, zoo animals in particular, people don't think about this, but I mean, a lot of the, the zoos are, are using those animals. Um, they're seen as a collection. So, you know, they may be transporting, um, these baby, uh, you know, whatever elephants or not elephants, but maybe a baby tiger or something like that, that maybe may transfer to another zoo you know, to put on display. And then once they kind of, the spring is over, then they'll, they'll take them back, uh, someplace else. Um, so I, I don't like how animals in zoos are kind of seen as this, you know, um, they maybe form a relationship there and then they're just kind of taken away from their, uh, you know, their life and their lifestyles there. And, um, so I don't I don't like that. And I think that people can learn about animals by um, observing animals in the wild. You can go on virtual uh, explorations and learn about animals that way. Or you can go to sanctuaries that are helping animals who have been abused and not just looking at them as if, you know, as just for that five minutes where they're being held captive, you know, Um so, I mean, a lot of times zoo animals are, uh, once they get older, they're kind of taken out 
of commission. They can be used for canned hunts. So speaking of hunting, a lot of uh, zoo animals can be used for that. It has been done. Um, There was an instance a few years ago where I I know it was a big news story where a giraffe was um, dissected, was killed, shot, because there were surplus giraffe at the zoo. I think it was in Denmark. And it was shot and then fed to the lion, well, dissected and then fed to the lions. And that was made as a, uh, it was like a display for the, for the zoo public to, to, to witness that. And, you know, it's just some horrible things that happen in the world of zoos that I, I'm not particularly fond of. Because I know too much. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, you find out all this information and you can't unsee it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Is it a little more socially acceptable? Because I know it's not completely, but is it, is it a little easier for you to swallow if the animal is born in captivity? Because they didn't know anything other than that? I mean, I, I think that's something that we can't really uh, avoid at this point. I mean, a lot of animals on, are are born in captivity but what happens with these animals is that they are you know oh they may be not suitable for this zoo maybe now we're going to ship them across the country to the bronx to the the bronx zoo or something like that oh okay well now i'm going to take these animals and take them elsewhere because i think i want them to mate here and and they're used for breeding and, and that kind of stuff so um you know they're not really valued as the individuals that they are, put it that way. They're kind of, I mean, I understand they're born into captivity, but, um, you know, they're basically taken away from the life that they know because, you know, it's not about what's in their best interest. It's what's in the best interest to serve the humans, you know? Very, yeah, no, I do. And this is a, <clears throat> this is a deep question because this is something that, uh, uh, listening to you talk, it just kind of triggered in my head. I was thinking, okay. Well, and you don't think about it too much because you weren't raised, uh, with animals, right? I mean, you've never had a pet. You've never really kind of had that connection with animals. Very, very I mean, to true. My, yeah. No, that's a, that's a, very I mean, I think your connection and your love was really with, with movies and stuff. It was. Right? Yep. Yep. That was my, it is. that was my animal. Yeah. It was, uh, I mean, I remember you were little watching the lion king over and over yeah and i wonder why that didn't do something where i was like ah oh, damn mufasa why'd you have to die and then, <laughs> and then i went down the rabbit hole of going all right well i love i love lions so let's not yeah. uh let's not hunt i don't know it just didn't stick with me it just made me really sad um yeah but what uh what i was gonna say was i'm not a particularly religious person but if there is anything after this life where we go to a, we'll, we'll call it heaven, do you think that this is something that is going to be sort of a, you know, uh, like a, like a, you get in or you don't get in based off of a lot of factors, but this is one of the contributing factors. Were you, were you someone that was not only kind to humans, but kind to everybody? Like, and that includes animals. Do you think that that's something that comes into play? I know it's a bold, kind of deep philosophical question, but um, does it, I'm not. Does it I'm come not really. A, I'm not really a religious person, but um, I I don't think that. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying 
and having and living a life where you are being kind and compassionate to not just animals, um, but every everyone that crosses your path. It can only help. It can only help you once you reach your final destination. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody. (laughs) Everybody. Do you all agree? Let me know. Let me know. Raise your hand. Okay. (laughs) Just kidding. I kind of wish this stuff was live because it would, you know, it would be nice to get the, uh, the, in the moment interaction. That feedback. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, it's funny because I, I wanted to prepare for this. I was like, Oh, let me listen to one of my old, uh, well, just like a radio show I was on a few couple years ago. And I had some, we had some callers and I had to deal with them right on the spot kind of thing. And it was like, Oh God. (laughs) Did you get any hecklers? Well, there was a guy who was like, you know, I like to eat meat and I don't know why this issue really matters kind of thing. So it kind of didn't, I mean, I think I was okay, but it kind of was, took me off guard a little bit. Yeah. Those, uh, those bastards, they always somehow creep in. They try to, they're trying to get in, but you know, whatever, I'm fine with it. Yeah. You know, they're called, you have uh, to expect that. They're called trolls. They're, uh, that's all they do. They troll. Um, luckily I've been doing some live streams on my YouTube channel and I have not come across a troll yet. Everybody's been really, really kind. I'm just waiting for that day where someone sneaks in and yeah, they will, they'll catch you off guard and you could just deal with it. Just like Howard Stern does, right? Make it kind of a part of your, uh, broadcast and, uh, make it into a, a, a good thing. I don't know. Yeah, that I mean, when I when when Dad found out that I did this when I, mm-hmm. I when I was doing this, and I said I do a podcast, and I and, you know, of course, him being him, I had to say that five thousand times for it to actually stick. <laughs> but right. when I when that word finally stuck, he was still very kind of clueless on. I know what you it have is. to give an, an example. And yeah. the example I gave was it's like Howard Stern. And right. he was like, oh, you talk to like prostitutes and stuff. I'm like, no, dad, like it's, it's, it's Howard Stern 2020. <laughs> it, 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 it's not Howard Stern when he first started. It's, yeah. you know, cause even Howard Stern, he's, he's one of the most fascinating. He's evolved. He really has evolved and yeah. he looks back yeah. on those interviews and he's almost embarrassed by them. And, you know, by the way, I think he's vegan too. No, that I, I, because his wife, um, they do a lot of cat rescue and they, um, they have a lot of cats and she fosters a lot of cats because I follow her on Instagram, but, uh, I'm pretty sure that they're vegan and actually Robin Quivers is vegan. Cause she wrote a book about like a cookbook about it. And she was spoke at one of the, one of the animal uh, conferences I was at a few years ago. Is he, um, who's like the poster child for veganism? I mean, there's so many people that are vegan now. Because, you know, like Tom Cruise, he is Scientology. But, of course, you have John Travolta, Kirstie Alley, and, and yeah. all that shit. So, like, who's the poster child? Like, for... Natalie Portman. Uh, I don't know. Moby. Who? Moby. Joaquin Phoenix, I'd say, is a big poster child right now for veganism. No, no. What was that other word you said? Moby? Moby. Yeah. I don't know who that is. Oh, he's a he's a musician. Uh, okay, I know. Check I know, out his music; it's pretty cool. I know Natalie. Of course, I know Joaquin. Joker was my favorite film of last year. Yeah, I would say Joaquin right now at this moment is right now the the um, 
the uh, poster child for veganism because he really has made his uh, his platform um, all about factory farming. Um, he's mentioned it in all of his awards speeches and stuff. I was just about so, to say that. I think I remember mm-hmm. watching when he won Best Actor at the Oscars. He didn't, and that's sort of like why I really dig the guy is he didn't do the traditional, I'd like to thank blah, 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 blah. All right. And I'm going to walk yeah. off now. You know, he took that time to really just kind of drive home a message. And it's funny. It's, I love when they cut to people in the audience because some people are like really into it. They're like, wow. And then of course you cut to some other people and they're just like checking their watches and shit. And it's just like, <laughs> can you please, can you just pay attention? Like, all right, you don't have to. I think ad- most people, I think most people were paying attention though. Like the people that matter, like um, people like Brad Pitt and people who were in the front, um, I think were really kind of tuned into him and supported him um, in his message. And, uh, and, you know, and you look at people like Joaquin Phoenix and he is a product of his family. His family uh, was all vegan family and have always been um, animal rights activist type people. I mean, River Phoenix, I loved him growing up and he, he was a big, um, PETA advocate, you know, was an advocate for a lot of issues with, um, on behalf of PETA. So, you know, and now Joaquin is, is kind of doing some, a lot of similar things, taking a lot of similar steps that his brother did. Yeah, and, and it's it's that's one of the best ways to get the you know the message out there because you know people watch Joker, love Joker, they become a fan, and then you know obviously he's he's doing something that's really important. Uh, I think um, I think Beyonce, uh, um, I think Jay Z and Beyonce did a big uh, saying that they were uh, going vegan, and nice. I think Kim Kardashian at one point did something about veganism on her. So I think it's, you know, it's important when a lot of big people will, will get that message out and put it on their social media and plant those seeds. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's really all it takes. Snoop Dogg, by the way. I mean, come on, look at him supporting the, uh, the beyond the Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. Beyond meat. Yeah. Beyond meat. Have you tried? That's pretty, pretty good. I, um, I have not. I, uh, uh, I gotta be honest. I have not. I might oh, though. I might. Should, I, I, seriously, I, I think should totally try. It's awesome. I think. Uh, I think just. I like, eat it though without the egg or the cheese. Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, uh, seriously, I think after this talk, I think you know, I can't promise I'm gonna be a hundred percent converted, but I think it's gonna slowly start to seep into, especially when you know. I uh, um, I don't talk about home life very much, but uh, you know I kind of view this podcast as like a personal journal or whatever you want to call. It. So fifty years from now, I can look back on it. So when I am yeah. officially living on my own, I think it'll be a little, I think it'll be a little easier to kind of make that transition because it is something that I've definitely always thought about. But you know, you need that uh, you need that support. I think because if you don't have it, then you just kind of feel like an outcast, and you know that plays with your head, and it's never fun. So. Yeah, it's yeah. The, it's the peer pressure of living with others that uh, has n- not allowed me to convert. If I have to yeah. give you a reason, um, I know. But uh, that... but he he would stay here too, FYI, and he ate his thing, and I ate my thing. And as much as I didn't like him eating whatever his thing in my apartment, um, you know, I 
you know, I respected him enough to allow him to eat meat <laughs> in my apartment. Jeez, that's bold. And that's bold. Yeah. Like, like, but like on your part, that's like really, that's, that's admirable like that. Cause I mean, this is your life, you know, and that's sort of, and he knows it. Yeah. And yeah. I, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was something to overcome, but I, you know, I, I forgave him and I want to have him in my life and I understand that he is not going to change the person that he is and why am I going to fault him for that? I'm not going to do that. So, yeah. you know, all I can do is what I, what I, how I feel for myself and, and that's it. Now, as long as, and you can inform me, as long as there weren't jokes made, were there jokes? I mean, there's always jokes made. He oh, can't help himself. That's like, but that's like, if I'm already he, slapping you in the face, like that's me laughing as I'm slapping you in the face. But he can't, he can't help the way that he is. Ugh, I think he can. <laughs> no, he can't. Uh, I don't think he can. I, in fact, I, I think I tried to bet him that he couldn't do that. He couldn't not say something to people and tease them for a, like an hour. If he sat in front of someone at a table, I said there would be no way that you couldn't not say something like about their appearance, about anything that they were eating, about the way they talked. He, I don't, he just can't. He's like, you know what? I think you're right. I don't think I could. <sighs> <laughs> oh, dad. Oh, boy. Edward yeah. Green. And I'm... I'm junior. I mean, that would be a show. I, I mean, what? Him on your show? Oh, getting him on? Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> he 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 keeps he keeps saying it. He's like, "Come on, don't you want to hear about trucking?" I'm like, "I guess." <laughs> like, sure. He has a story. Oh, he has multiple. Oh, trust he me, he has a story every day. He calls me every day, and he has a story to tell. Always. Yeah, he could have his own podcast. He could have a a trucker podcast, and I'm sure it would be very popular. <laughs> Um, I think it would be. So, you know, like I texted you, like I'm definitely planning on something, but uh, trying to be a little more inclusive. So I think it'll be, and that's kind of rare. I don't think you see that a whole lot. I don't think, because uh, I, I actually threw that back at him. I was like, did did Howard Stern ever have his parents on? And he was like, yeah. Yes. Yeah, they, yeah, he All did. All the time. And that was yeah. a turning point for me. I was like, huh, all right, maybe that's a good idea. You know, because. You can read his books. Did you, you read the Howard Stern book? I think our dad has that. He has the old ones. Uh, I I think I read the new one he uh, released recently. Like, well, you those... should read the the first one, Private Parts, because I think that goes into well, unless you saw the movie. Yeah, the movie. The movie I need to rewatch. I need to I need to rewatch that one because I just remember being really little and somehow coming across that movie. And there's some you know there's some questionable moments in that film. Yeah. And so it's always been in the back of my head of like, uh, you know, like this, like this nostalgic thing that I knew I wasn't supposed to be watching. So um, mm -hmm. that's definitely one that I want to uh, rewatch. Uh, Rogan did a show back in the day called News Radio. Mm -hmm. It was on NBC and it's all about like, uh, it's sort of like not podcasting or anything, but it's like a, like a news station. And uh, he played like an anchor on there, sort of like The Office, I guess. Um so that's a that that's a program I need to watch, for sure. But yeah, Private mm. Parts, Miss America, or whatever that book was. Yeah, yeah. When he's dressed up like a woman. Yeah. <laughs> Very weird. Drag. He has the new one, Howard Stern comes again, and yeah. uh, you know that's a. I think those are just transcribed interviews. That's not necessarily a book, so to speak. 
It's just mm -hmm. interviews he's done over the years, and then he had someone transcribe them, and he introduces them. Um, but yeah, good old Stern. Good guy. Yeah, Howard's, guy. Howard's really good guy. Yeah, really I, good guy. I became a fan of him after he uh, hosted America's Got Talent. That's really where I kind of, that was my turning point. I was like always thinking of him as this raunchy host, and mm -hmm. then he did that. And I think that converted a lot of people, honestly, because he did that show for a couple of years and, and, you know, it really showed a different side of him. And well, uh, I think he was able to, yeah, definitely, uh, uh, to get a new audience, obviously get like people like you, the younger crowd kind of into who he is and what he stands for. He's not just all raunch. He's very, um, open and honest about a lot of different things, political, um, but yeah, just kind of very intelligent though, the way that he, you know, his, his kind of, uh, point of view and reflection on society. Yep. He's uh, but he's <laughs> very not, real. He's not my favorite host of that, uh, or judge of that show. It's always been, um, uh, Howie Mandel. I love uh -huh. Howie Mandel. I love Howie Mandel. And it's only been increased since, um, was it last year? No, it was 2018, I think. 2018, my girlfriend at the time, Marie, and I, we went to a taping of Deal or No Deal because they were filming it um, mm -hmm. at Universal in Orlando. And he really surprised me because this is a fun fact. I don't know if you know this, but I always thought when a, like when a game show goes to a commercial break, I always thought that they just kept rolling. So they would say, all right, we'll be right back right after this. All right. Put the little pause there. All right. And we're back. You know, like I thought that's sort of how it just flowed. Mm -hmm. It act they, they actually take a break and um, sitting in the audience. It was really cool because Howie Mandel, he didn't leave the stage. He had his people come up, pat his bald head, make sure it looked, you know, picture perfect. Not shiny. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gave him water. But then he started talking to the audience. He started doing stand up. He started taking questions from the audience. And I was like, dude, that's that's pretty cool. Like I. If anything, I would imagine you would have just ran off stage and went to your trailer until they were ready to start filming again. Right, right. But he's, you know, he stuck around and started talking huh. and yeah, just like made me an even bigger fan. But I love him because he he kind of made me a germaphobe. Um, I I definitely give credit to Howie because uh, <laughs> he has a book called Don't Touch Me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it chronicles how he how he became a germaphobe. And it actually stems from his appearance on the Howard Stern show because Howard Stern knew about that. And oh, so he wanted to, he wanted to he pressured uh, him. test him. He pressured yeah. him, yes. And from that moment, Howie Mandel, like that was the that like that was the tipping point for him. Mm -hmm. So just reading that and everything, and so mm. I've always been ahead of the curve. Like this shit now, where you can't get sanitizer. This is really bothering me because, like. <laughs> Are you like always using sanitizer? Not always, but you know, like if I uh, go into a store, you know, I, even if I, cause I don't touch carts, I don't touch anything. I just grab shit off the, off the shelves. Even after that, when I go to the car, sanitize, yeah. um, mm. you know, always well, so you're good it. for, you're good for this pandemic then in a way, but then in you're a, kind of prepared yourself for it already. I wish I would have been a hundred percent prepared, like a, like a prepper for doomsday yeah, because this yeah. is this is essentially my doomsday this is like this is the worst thing that could potentially happen for me because it just it freaks me out so much it's like i don't get how yeah when are... once they start to open up society and stuff like uh, what do you think about what do you think about all the people that are going out on the beach right now in florida 
Yeah, well, I... Do you uh, think they're crazy? Yes, and I compared it to, <laughs> and I do not have credit for this. This is not, like, I'm, I'm giving credit where credit is due. Bob Saget tweeted this out, and I just loved mm -hmm. it so much, so I copied and pasted. But he compared it to the mayor in Jaws opening the beaches for tourism. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 100%. That is the perfect analogy. Why did yeah. they open the beach in Jaws for tourism? And then it led to another shark attack. Why are you opening yeah. the beaches right now and letting thousands, like it literally looked like thousands of people just hit those beaches? I know. People are so, I, I can't even, I can't even like wrap my head around how all these people are doing that and then going to, and protesting too. Like I, I, I understand we want our economy to open and everything, but really you're going to go out and protest i mean when you're not supposed to be doing any um gathering like that where yeah. you're exposing yourself putting yourself at risk and your loved ones at risk yeah. it's not smart it's it, just really not smart and what blows my mind is literally prior to us connecting today and and and, and recording literally mm -hmm. like maybe 10 minutes prior i was having this insane text argument because a few months ago, I went up to Georgia to do a photo shoot with this guy that I've been watching on social media, and he has a stream that he does, like a live stream, and he does professional horror photo shoots of like horror characters. And I was like, dude, I want to get you on the podcast. So we did that. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, I was like, I would love to do a photo shoot with you, like to be one of those characters. So I ended up cool. being I ended up being Michael Myers in one of his uh, photo shoots. So we formed this oh, connection. Cool. Mm -hmm. came back and I was like, all right, dude, I'd love to come back up again in a few months. This is before any of this. So then right. of course this hits and I message him a little while ago. I'm like, dude, I have to postpone it. I, you know, I just don't feel comfortable doing it. Yeah. And he wasn't initially like a hundred percent offended, but he was like, all right, cool. That's, you know, whatever. I don't buy into it, but that's just me. You do you. And okay, whatever. <laughs> Today, okay. he, today he messaged me earlier this morning and he was like, so when were you thinking of coming back up like in May? And I was like, that's that's hopeful thinking because, I, you know, we have to let this thing pass. And then I have to deal with my day job. Like I have to make sure that, you know, I can't just request time off now. I've had a month off. You know what I mean? It's like, right. I, you know, I have to make sure my day job is in line and everything. And right. He like it seemed like he got really offended because he was like, dude, why are you letting this thing affect your life? Like, don't like it, it it's all being hyped. And I was like, okay, oh God. buy into wow. whatever, buy into whatever conspiracy theory you want. I know personally someone, not like within the family, but I know someone who has personally been affected by this who lost somebody that it was confirmed. It was confirmed that it was COVID 19. Mm-hmm. And he called it a fake virus after that. So I sent that text of, you know, telling him someone died that I sort yeah. of kind of knew. And he called it a fake virus. And that set me off. I was like, dude, I don't care what you believe. Believe whatever conspiracy theory. Believe that this is something that they're not telling us about. But don't be insensitive to the fact that I just told you it's confirmed. This person died from this virus and you're calling it fake. It's not fake. Uh, you know? That's really, yeah, that's really It's hard. really... Uh, it just ticked me off. And uh, so he's going live tonight. He's going live tonight. And I was like, dude, bring this up on your live stream. Mention me and make sure you say word for word. I'll be watching. Make sure you say word for word what I just texted you and see what people say about who's right, who's wrong. Yeah. And well, but maybe a lot of the people that he is friends with might be those type of protester type people. Or yeah, what I mean, do you think? I mean, and I even said it to him. I was like, don't twist it. 
Do not mm-hmm. twist it. Do not make you look like the good guy and me the bad guy. Make sure. And I have the text, so it's like if anything happens, you know, the the mm-hmm. proof is in the text. Um, and I'll be watching, and I can comment, and I can you know make sure that people know my side of the because it, it it frustrated me. It's like, yeah, but I, the thing is, you can't you know you can't. Uh, that's how he feels. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I guess sometimes people have to kind of uh, live it to, and then maybe something will happen um, that makes him makes him open open his eyes. But you know. Yeah, I was like, dude, just because the storm isn't in your backyard doesn't mean the storm yeah. isn't out there, you know? Right. That's, uh, I don't know, it, it, it was really insensitive, and then, of course, he so came back. So he's in back. Georgia. Isn't that one of the states? There's there's not a lot of people that have it in Georgia, right? Uh, I don't, I don't that, know. Yeah, me me neither. I don't know. Um, But he came back, and he was like, dude, why are you calling me a bad guy, and you're, and, and you're calling me names? I'm like, what? I called you insensitive, <laughs> okay? And, and And this is why I said don't twist it when you because talk about it. Because somebody died. Yeah, when you talk about it, do not twist yeah. it because yeah. I'll be watching. And uh, so, like, I'm ready for this, like a like like a little mini war. But oh boy. It, it's just it <laughs> frustrates me. It's like I don't yeah. care. Go ahead and live your life like like Truman from the Truman Show. Believe that everything is a lie and that you don't know the whole story. Go ahead, do that. I don't know how you can live your life that way because that's a pretty crappy life if you believe that everything is not trustworthy and everything has this hidden agenda but yeah don't i mean s- look at the numbers the, the numbers don't lie of all the people the countless thousands of people who have died well he came back and how he can w- you how can you avoid something like that how can you avoid the, the the facts that are happening like they don't have they're basically putting people in um like just rooms where they they can't even deal with the number of bodies in new jersey and new york well he came back and he was like why aren't they releasing names Oh my God. And really? Like, and I was like, you I mean, I, names? I'm going to say right now, like I, uh, last week there was a helicopter like looming over my, you know, my house, whatever. I was like, and everybody in my neighborhood was wondering because I'm on this neighborhood Facebook group and everybody's wondering what it was. And it turned out that there's a, um, there's a assisted living facility like a block away and they had to evacuate all of the people from that facility because a lot of the staff had COVID and, you know, those people were all at risk and some, you know, so they had to all be evacuated from that place. I mean, that's a block from where I live. You know, I'm in like prime area where people are dying. A hot spot. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not a good place to be right now. So, uh, you know, and I know people who have died. Um, so it's, it's insensitive, right? It is. It's insensitive. insensitive. I I just can't fathom someone feeling that way. Um, and putting their own lives at risk like that and not seeing it as a, you know, I mean, there's no cure for it. So, yeah. And what really upset me was the fact that it seemed like he was egging me to, you know, to 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 put aside this and and come up and do the photo shoot. And I was like, look, Mm -hmm. I I get that really what matters to you is to continue snapping your photos and getting your photos out there. But this is affecting people thousands upon thousands upon thousands. It's not just something that I can just be like, all right, yep, I'll I'll go do that. You know, it's 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 not worth it it's not like i mean you you live with two parents who are in their 
70s, 60s and 70s, right? You yeah. have parents that are in their 60s and 70s. Um, you're around little kids. You know, you have kids around you. Yeah. You don't want to, ex- you have family members that are around. You don't want to expose them to anything. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's what I, that's what I said. You know, like when I initially responded, I, I wasn't confrontational. Like I'm, I'm very non-con, like I hate confrontation actually. Mm-hmm. I was very reasonable. I was like, I would love to. I loved the first collaboration. I would love to come back up, but mm-hmm. here's why I don't know that that's going to be possible. And then it just seemed like he didn't want to hear it and and I uh, like offended him. Well, and- you have to just say, and you kind of have to be, and you have to say, well, I'll, maybe we'll do it next year, you know, when things are kind of, I feel comfortable to do it because, you know, that's ultimately all that matters at this point. Yeah, I don't know. It's it, It's ultimately very stupid, but, you know, it's... It's sort of giving me something to look forward to. Uh, he goes live at seven, so I. Uh, oh, okay. I okay. Uh, I'm keeping my my eye on that stream because gotcha. I'm I'm pretty confident. I don't know. I'm, something's telling me he's gonna twist. So <laughs> I have uh, I have my my retaliation ready. Um, what if we, are you? I mean, can, is it like an online type thing where you where you have to call in and he won't pick up your call or how's that? How is this? Uh, how is that? How does that work? It's on YouTube, so it's like you just are in the chat room. Um, oh, okay. But well, can you sp- you'll be able to speak, or would could he mute you, or what? You can send messages, like like they're like text messages, and then and you, people will see it. Everyone in the chat room sees it. Yes. Now okay. he doesn't have the ability because he's the co-host. It's really the other guy that's hosting that is in control of who. He oh, so can, that he could he could tell that guy to get you out of the chat or whatever. Yes, right? and I told him that I was like, do <laughs> I, I was like, do not talk to his name's dave mccray do not talk to dave ahead of time about any oh of this. you should have plant those seeds though why did you do that well because i'll know <laughs> i'll know you know what i mean i'll know the second yeah. they start talking if dave seems to be on his side because dave actually has been really um you know it seems like he's been really rational about all this stuff you know it seems like he's he's hmm. uh he's if he had to err on somebody's side, it seems like he would err more on my side. But they they actually know each other versus Dave has only been on my podcast once. So, oh, okay. I'm just I'm really interested to see how this goes. So, um, if you want to watch, I mean, that's totally up to you. It's uh, it's called Two Dudes and Some Bullshit. And TWO or is it number two? Like like TWO, two dudes okay. and some okay. bullshit. And they're doing um they do live watch alongs of movies. So tonight they're watching Dracula from nineteen thirty one. Oh, okay. Um, but they usually at the beginning they kind of catch up and talk about what's going on in their lives, and uh, so it's like a like a horror film type. Yeah, Dave is. Uh, yeah, thing. he's 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 very much like a horror commentator kind of gotcha kind of okay. channel. But uh, okay. just to see, just you know, if you want to be in there and uh, two dudes and some bullshit, it goes live okay. at seven. Um, All right, it'll be interesting. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's. Uh, I love talking to you. Seriously, this is this is this is a lot <laughs> I love of fun. Talking to you too, yeah. What the good. hell? Like, it sucks that it had to take a podcast, but maybe this is you know maybe this is the jumping off point of you know. I come mean, visit, come come visit, and uh, you know, see what the vegan lifestyle is all about. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I told I told you before. You're always welcome here anytime. Even though I have a small place, you're always welcome to come and and visit. And I've always told you that you sound like Aunt Linda. Oh, do I? 
Still? You think even now I sound like her? Still. I mean, I can differentiate, but I definitely pick up hints of, of Linda oh. in there. Okay. Or as okay. mom would say, Linder. Is that what you said? Yeah, Linder. Oh, gosh. That's funny. <laughs> and we always comment on it. We're like, Linda, duh, duh. And she says, that's what I said. And we're like, no, you didn't. Linder. <laughs> oh, my God. That's funny. But uh, Well, yeah. there won't be traveling anytime soon. That's for sure. All, all my travel uh, engagements have basically, uh, you know, there's no, not, everything's been canceled. So. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know the next time I'm, I'm going to be able to to get out and and about. Uh, yeah, and next time you come to Florida, because I know there's been a couple times I just. Uh, I think I've been working every time you've come, so hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully that works out, because you know that uh, that was the last time I saw you. I think you were down in Tampa, or. Yeah, I was in Tampa, and I, that's when I went to to Big Cat Rescue. Yep. That was the last yep. time I saw you. So I think that was like three, four years ago, something like that. Yeah, I think it was like four years ago. I think so. it was like 2016, right? Jeez. Yeah. Yep. yep. Too long. Too long. But I was happy that uh, you were like, yeah, I'll, I'll come on your podcast. And Yeah, I'm uh, happy to do it. I'm glad that we were able to have this time to talk. And uh, yeah. So if you want to wrap it up. Yeah, I wanted to know because um, I'll put it in the show notes. But uh, just so um, people know, like, what is first and foremost? What's the best like website people should go to if they're suddenly infected with this? Uh, like they like they want to do this. They like this is how they want to transition now. Like, what's the best website? Um, well, if anybody wants to see kind of what I do and the work that I do, I work, I'm the director of Animal Learn and it's um, animallearn.org. You can always follow us on social media too, um, on Instagram, on Facebook. And if you want to find out more about veganism, um, people can always email me at ngreen at animallearn.org. And I'm happy to steer anybody in the right direction, but definitely, uh, you know, check out those uh, documentaries that I, that I recommended and The Last Pig, Oak, watch Okja, watch Game Changers, and, uh, you know, kind of see, see what it's all about. Exactly. Get infected with, the, with, with it. And like I said at the beginning, it's always fun to get into, you know, something you're really passionate about. And I always... It is. I really, I don't even consider my job uh, a job. I, it's a re very rewarding work because I'm pursuing something that I really care about and I want to make a difference in my, and uh, I'll do this till the day I die. So this is something I'll, I'll never stop doing There's because I really care. So there's a great quote and this is uh, where, where we'll kind of uh, really kind of wrap this up. There's a great quote from this movie called death to smoochie uh, with, mm -hmm. with Robin Williams and uh it's about this guy edward norton plays the character um mm -hmm. who's very much like an advocate i think he actually it's been a while since i've seen it but i think part of his character is he's very much a vegan and um he like he he always says this quote through the movie he says you can't change the world but you can make a dent and mm -hmm. I don't know, like that's always been a quote that's stuck with me. So I feel like this is the perfect time to say that you can't change the world, but you can definitely make a dent. And For sure. One person can certainly make a difference. I feel that I have. And any anyone listening uh, has that ability. Never think that you're 
you don't have that ability to make a difference just by the any of the choices that you make will make a difference for a number of animals if you if you choose to um, to go vegan or if you choose you know um, to purchase things that are uh, not tested on animals there's so many things that you can do that are easy for you to implement in your life yep it's that butterfly effect so yep look awesome i loved getting you on i love you in real life and love you too um i'll let uh i'll let dad know because he actually I, like i don't know if you told him but i didn't tell him you were coming on so this is gonna i be, did tell him uh, i did tell me he's like oh he didn't tell me exactly <laughs> <laughs> i kind of wanted to surprise him when it was out i just wanted to be like oh. hey look i know you haven't checked out the podcast but oh, okay. maybe well, now was out with his, he was out with his friend so yeah maybe now he'll be into it <laughs> Yeah, because I'm sure, especially this since we were talking about him specifically. Love that. Yeah, yeah, it'll it, it'll boost that ego. But I think it's because it's uh it's not visual, and you know he's he's uh I think he's he'll a little fall more. Asleep. Yeah, exactly. Like if he was just listening to it <laughs> on his phone, he'll just kind of nod off. So yeah, yeah. Um, but well, maybe unless he was in a truck or something. But anyway, yeah. yeah. All, All right. right. I love you. Love you. Thanks oh. a lot. All right. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>